That inner teacher is a source of guidance and strength that helps us find our way through life's complexities and challenges. For some of my friends, they call this being aligned with God. For others, they look to medical and scientific evidence of how the body calms and blood pressure goes down when we meditate or pray or exercise or participate in spiritual practice. They're all true. Now, Palmer reminds us that inner work requires solitude and community. Now, some of you may remember last year when I talked about pathetic spiritual practice. Do any of you remember that sermon? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We need to bring that one back out. My concept that any spiritual practice done consistently, no matter how brief, no matter how brief becomes a practice. And that practice becomes a pattern you can rely on throughout the seasons of life. And don't forget, it doesn't have to be long hours to be long enough to become a practice. It doesn't have to be elaborate. Now, as you know, making art is one of my spiritual practices, and lately it's felt like too much to take on making my usual art, and instead I've been making small pieces inside boxes of Altoid mint boxes. <laughs> Please save them. That small and very personal has felt like the right way to respond to a very loud world. Lots of change and uncertainty is going on in my own life. And I ask you, what's your tiny art and your pathetic spiritual practice? Inner work must be invitational, Palmer says. No one can force you to go work on yourself. While some of us were made to go to church as children, for most of us, we come here voluntarily because it feeds us. Church is our weekly immunization against the malarkey. Our lives move in cycles like the seasons. By using metaphors drawn from seasons to create a frame for our own inner life, we create hospitable space that allows people of diverse backgrounds and perspectives to engage in respectful dialogue. These metaphors represent cycles of life, such as birth and death, spring and winter, death and new life. Those things are shared by everyone in secular, pluralistic societies, regardless of philosophical, religious, or spiritual differences. So I'm going to encourage you to go to nature, go to the trees, Look at the buds popping out. Go look at them. Examine them. There are lessons for us in these natural cycles that help us sort the wheat from the chaff. The ancient practice of winnowing grain is where we separate good messages from valuable ones. Nature is where we get away from the naysayers, like the bee was told, right, that she couldn't fly. Nature is where we get away from all of that. Some of us have to do or have people or news or leaders or family or friends that we interact with that are troublemakers. Sometimes our world gets so noisy distinguishing between clouds in your mind and what helps you find clarity can be difficult. 
In Jesus' prophecy in Matthew chapter 25, the sheep, the compassionate ones, will sit on the right hand of God and find salvation. Or for us Unitarian Universalists, we'll create love beyond measure coursing through our veins. And then the goats, the hard-hearted, will be sent to damnation. Our universal side of our faith doesn't believe in damnation, so we all find our own hell right here. We also make our own heaven. We are in a season where the news makes it hard to separate the sheep from the goats. If you have people in your life that are toxic goats, please seek help. Please seek help. Come to a pastoral care associate and Reverend Eric and myself, and we will accompany you on your journey. We will also help you find counseling resources if that's what you need to support your heart. Now Palmer reminds us an appreciation of the paradox enriches our lives and helps us hold greater complexity. Now last week I talked some about that binary thinking that gets us in trouble with gender, right? If you didn't hear it, you can go to our podcast, like all our sermons. Those might feed you more these days than social media. The journey we take in that circle of trust teaches us to approach many polarities that come with being human. In seminary, we talk about this all the time, the both and, rather than the either ors. Holding them in ways that are new to us, with new insights and possibilities. We listen to the inner teacher. We trust both our intellect and the knowledge that comes through our bodies, and our institutions and our knowledge and our emotions. Now I ask people this week to tell me stories of times where they experienced that oneness, that openness of their heart. I said, tell me of times you listened to that inner voice and it guided you well. And I was struck by how many times the stories were not telling people to stay the course. They were not obvious choices. But instead their voice told them to go in a totally new direction. One friend of mine lives in the Netherlands and held a job that other folks sought after. It was an appointment for life. And after a decade, Mark felt that it was time for change and challenge. Repeatedly, people told Mark changing was not logical. Even the ways that Mark wanted to go about trying to find that next step would be failures, they told him. Now, I have watched Mark surf immeasurable challenges as they come to terms with family abandonment and transition, their true gender identity, and while I have never heard Mark call it spiritual practice, I see Mark taking walks, shooting amazing photographs, working out and becoming physically stronger, as well as emotionally healing in counseling and therapy. After a particular human resources person told him, you're not going to succeed, I asked Mark, how did you feel in your body? How did you know you needed to do something else? And Mark said, I was seething. I was so pissed off, he said. It's the one thing to think that, and another thing to actually say it out loud to someone you're supposed to be helping. 
receiving was a feeling Mark could recognize. I suspect that all that work they do on their spirit and health helps them quiet the noise and listen. Mark tells me they are now working for a human rights organization with a wonderful job that's right up my alley, Denise. Another story of listening to that voice from within comes to us from a colleague of Eric and mine's, Reverend Jane Duenwell, who reports that she gets a tingling in her gut that screams, yes, when she is attuned to her inner wisdom. I've always moved through life following my gut instincts. It has pretty much been right on. I can't imagine not listening. The top example is falling in love with my husband of 35 years. A startling thing for a lesbian. Plus, he was living with someone else at the time. All my friends told me to get out while I could. It's been a great 35 years. And now I'm following my instinct, she tells me knowing that it's time for him to live in a memory care facility. He has Alzheimer's, and I can no longer take proper care of him. The kind of inner wisdom comes when you quiet the noise, when you're able to be in a place of taking care of your whole self. To that end, I'm going to pause this sermon right now and ask you to make a little art with me, or at least to write a few things. I made these little books for you, if we could have some people come pass them out. They're called Eightfold Books. They're like a little zine. This is your book of inner wisdom. It asks you to write some reminders of times you were right when others disagreed, a time you spoke up even though your voice shook, or it didn't make logical sense but it felt right, Maybe it's a time you need to make a change. I provided a space for you there for you to write down your spiritual practices. Note for yourself when and how you get your best ideas or when you hear your true voice coming through. Give yourself a prescription for how you will strengthen yourself in these noisy times and quell the fear. Please pass them around, put your name on it, and start to fill out the sections. We have some markers and things you can decorate with. This is your planning document, your guide. It's a love note to yourself, and if you will, this is your Eltoids box. Mm-hmm. Alex is going to play for us. You have about five minutes. And finally, when you are done, I want you to sign and pledge how you will get yourself through this time of uncertainty, how you will separate the goats from the sheep and the wheat from the shaft.
Parker Palmer reminds us, we live with greater integrity when we see ourselves whole. Integrity means integrating all that we are into our sense of self, embracing our shadows and limitations as well as our light and gifts. As we deepen the congruence between our inner and outer lives, we show up more fully in the key relationships and events of our lives, increasing our capacity to be authentic and courageous in life and work. Coming here, participating in your community, is all about how we do this work, how we live in greater integrity and wholeness. And finally, Palmer's circle of trust reminds us that the space under the iceberg, he calls it a hidden wholeness, saying whatever brokenness we experience in our lives and in the world is our hidden wholeness that can be found just beneath the surface. The capacity to stand and act with integrity in the tragic gap between what is and what could be or should be. Resisting both the corrosive cynicism that comes from seeing only what is broken and irrelevant. From seeing what is not to what has been key to every life-giving moment. Give yourself life. Give yourself space. Pathetic spiritual practice can get you through this season of malarkey. In Richard Rohr's book about learning to see as the mystic see, he says, just breathing consciously in this way, you will know you are connected to humanity from cavemen to cosmonauts, to the entire animal world, and even to the trees and plants, and to that bumblebee. We are not told, we, we are not told that atoms we breathe, we are now told that atoms we breathe are physically the same as the stardust from the original Big Bang. The same stardust. Oneness is no longer merely a vague mystical notion, it's a scientific fact. This connection to all of time, to nature, Rohr refer refers to as a oneness, a connectedness bringing peace of mind. It is a gentle reminder of our true cosmic identity. It happens when we quiet ourselves, when we engage with the world, when we give permission to ourselves to see to go another way. This happens when we tend our sheep. Hold that Altoid box, that book of wisdom, close to your heart, and remember, it is a love note to yourself. It is a reminder that you have all the answers you need. Attend to your heart. Trust your spirit. <laughs>